The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, happy Monday. It is 2.06 on the uh, 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Jalen Nye, Andrew Gross, and our pal Dave Campbell. I'm excited to talk to you, Dave. Well, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. That was a fun football game was last night. Wow. wow. That was one of the uh, best finishes yeah. I think you can ever remember from a, from a Grey Cup history. I, I wanted, Outstanding. I wanted to say the same thing to a sports guy, but I wanted it to be you because uh, I knew Reed would argue with me. But <laughs> <laughs> You would argue with him, I think. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most exciting finish. And, and I got to tell you, I wasn't all that interested in watching the Grey Cup because my team's not in it. Yeah. Um, but it's football, so I watched it. Yeah. And I got to tell you, when you when you have no dog in the race, man, CFL's it's, exciting it's to watch. It's quite enjoyable, isn't it? It is, because yeah. I don't care who wins. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. It was the fourth quarter, and uh, my show, Outlander, started at 7. So I'm like, right. okay, well, we'll just go back and forth. We'll just go back and forth. Went back at one point. I'm like, how did this end up tall? Like, <laughs> what happened? And, and then just, okay, we're just going to stay here for yeah. a little bit. Wow. A fumble on the one-yard line oh. is the thing that movies are made of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And when you think back, and I think back, I've been going over this game in my head it seems like a million times but the Stampeders dominated that football of game of course yeah really from start to finish and it was two plays of 100 yards or more that really uh, that a, really fell as much as 9 yard touchdown yeah 109 yards yeah fumble recovery oh. and return great but, cup record by the way yeah, that broke exactly. Jackie Parker's record from like 63 years ago yeah yeah yeah, and then Devere Posey uh, caught a 100-yard touchdown. It was a 100-yard catch and run mm-hmm. from Ricky Ray, and that's a Grey Cup record as well. So That's the funny, that's a funny sort of, uh, I was going to say side story, but maybe subliminal story. Because, of course, everyone's very happy for Ricky Ray getting his fourth Grey Cup. I'm, I'm happy for him, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Um, but it was two defensive efforts that actually won them the game. Yeah. What do you think about I mean, he, yeah. he kept them in the game, but it was... Uh, it was the defense that got it back for him. And the funny, and this will be a trivia question. Um, Somewhere down the road. Yeah, in the Canadian uh, edition of uh, Trivial Pursuit. Uh, but what was the call on the uh, interception at the end of the game? Because it's just, it was a really odd, I'm watching it. Now there's an interception, right? Yeah. To end the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Then I see there's a flag, as you always do when you're watching football. Like, is there a flag? on? The, oh, there's a flag on the field. But the flag had to do basically with everybody mobbing the guy mm-hmm. who got the interception, yeah. Yeah. which meant there was uh, ineligible players on the field. Yeah. Right? So it's just yeah. a really odd call, but it's a correct call. Yeah. And I, it, then I, in replay, you're watching it going, hey, did anybody touch him? Because yeah. that ball's live until somebody does something, right? Yeah. Like it was just a really cool combination of athletic effort and rule understanding in that final few seconds. It's interesting because a lot of people are are looking at that interception by Bo Levi Mitchell. They're kind of comparing it to Jason Moss's decision in the West Final (laughs) to get the field goal instead of go for the touchdown. At that point, you go, okay, should we play a little bit more conservatively and and kick the field goal and then force overtime? Then you really are not sure. I don't mind the aggressiveness of the call. It was just a bad decision by Bo Levi Mitchell to throw the ball. (laughs) um, And he really underthrew the intended target. It was in double coverage. He threw it into double coverage. I mean, the safety read it 
you know, it was one-on-one coverage. Then the safety reads mm-hmm. it and goes, oh, I, got, I better get over there for the help. So it becomes basically a, a really improbable kind of a play. Well, it is improbable anyways, though. And I would argue that the two are, they're definitely apples and oranges. Yeah. Because what you think the outcome of a pass might be is a reception um, for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't get <laughs> caught. And you're still in field goal range. Pass interference call. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe yep. get lucky and get a pass interference, especially in double yep. coverage. Um, but the least likely thing to happen, especially if you're Bo Levi Mitchell, is an interception. So mm-hmm. I would have totally called that. Yeah. Go for the win. Why not, right? Yeah. So I didn't think it was a dumb call at all. Just poorly executed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because Morley Scott and I were talking earlier this morning, and he said it's interesting how things play out because last year, Bo Levi Mitchell won the ball in his hands near the goal line when uh, in last year's Grey Cup against the Red Blacks, and then Andrew Buckley runs short yardage, runs runs that familiar play where he sprints right, and then he was tackled, and and uh, of course the Red Blacks win and, and won the Grey Cup in overtime. So Bo Levi Mitchell says, "I want the ball in my hand." He, they put the ball in his hand, and unfortunately, uh, you know, he throws a pick. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I don't think that there's any. Um any any uh, Edmonton fans feeling too sorry for oh, Calgary, no. Calgary today? Lost again. But, but having said that, you look at the numbers. What was it? The seventeen or seventy-one wins over the past number of years, yep. and uh, making it to the Grey Cup how many times, and, and not winning, winning once, right? And if you, and in that win, that was. Three years ago yeah. in 2014, when they beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 2016 in Vancouver. Do you remember? Brandon Banks returned a punt for a touchdown, which was called back mm-hmm. because of a mm-hmm. much-debated illegal block yep. call. Want to throw this one out at you? Yeah. And again, I mean, you turn we turn on the Grey Cup last night in the coverage. You see that snow coming down, yeah. and you start howling. Like, I actually went to see what the temperature was in Ottawa. It was only like minus two, minus three, but yeah. it's that heavy, sticky snow. And it starts that conversation again about moving the, uh, moving the season. On the other hand, as Canadians, we all seem to hang our helmet on <laughs> Canadian football. Hey, guys, look at us. Look at us, yeah. what we can play in. But... The impact of that snow and those conditions on the game. It kind of you know, tarnished I, I don't it a bit. Know. I, I, I don't yeah. know, but part of it makes it so uniquely Canadian. It's beautiful. <laughs> I guess from, you know, and we have seen some really good football games in the snow. I think back to the 96 Grey Cup, you know, when it was sure. a very high-scoring game. It was, mm-hmm. I think there was like 80 points scored in that game between the Argos and the and the Eskimos, including a fumble from Doug Flutie, who admitted it was a fumble, but back then... They didn't have instant replay, yeah. so yeah. Uh, so still bitter about that a little bit. But, but do, uh, do you do you think that that is going to you know push that conversation uh, one more time? I do because yeah, I was listening to Randy Ambrosi's uh, news conference on uh, Friday, his first state of the league address mm-hmm. as CFL commissioner, and it's funny. One division never came up. Uh, the concussion stuff came up, but moving the season up. Definitely was a, a topic of discussion huh. that was near and dear to Ambrosi's heart, and he talked about, yeah, I wouldn't mind looking at this, so we don't have to dress up in layers of clothing, and <laughs> we don't have to see, you know, the snow falling like, you know, we, we saw yesterday, and he said, I wouldn't mind seeing the Grey Cup maybe in the third week of October, and I'm going, well, it's a bit too early for me. <laughs> it's really early. My dream would be, this is just me, because the Super Bowl is played in the first Sunday in February. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. This is just me talking. It'd be cool if the Grey Cup was played in the first Sunday in November. Mm. Sure. 
You know, I, I would be totally for that. Because I watch that game and I'm going, okay, it looks cool. It's neat. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all of that. Canadiana, the quality of the game wasn't very good. You know, I think the finish was fantastic. The quality picked up in the second half, but I did not enjoy the first half very much. As far as the quality of the game, there were some good defensive plays, of course. Um, but when I'm, you know, when there's six, seven, two and outs from each team and there's 14, 15 punts in the game, yeah. I can't call that game a really solidly played game. Well, see, you're thinking of it from the perspective of the players and from the product on the field. I, as a guy watching it at home, I find yeah. it kind of exciting. But I'm thinking about it uh, from the perspective of fans mm-hmm. who have to sit in, in those stands in those stands <laughs> for hours, and yeah. you have to get there it's early. Cold. And there's, uh, you know, it's cold. But, and but sometimes the weather plays tricks on you. Because Morley and I were in Calgary last Sunday for the West Final. It was what nine degrees yeah. by kickoff, and three <laughs> weeks earlier it was a minus yeah. twenty-five wind chill and snowing in, yeah. in their final home game, the Stamps' final home game against the Bombers. So you're never guaranteed. Right. But I think on average. You know, you get better games earlier in the season. Just so. before we uh, go to break here and switch topics, I do want to talk about uh, Eberly and uh, all of that <laughs> that's going down with that. Um, your thoughts on the entertainment yesterday? Um, the mm. O Canada Choir, 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 and their version oh, of O what Canada. The, what was that? Just... Was awful. Kick the ball, man! What the? <laughs> Please what? don't mess with the anthem. Well, once it got don't going, don't make it any longer. Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> got a football game to play. No, was, well, you know, once they got to singing the anthem, it was quite short. It was the yes. whole pump up part off the top. It's like, okay, just get on with that it, was right? Um, Maybe I'm just an old guy now, yeah. older kind of <laughs> gentleman. But... I saw a real mixed reaction on uh, on Twitter. Either people loved it or they thought okay you know what like you dave like just don't yeah. don't mess with it and shania twain i loved it of yeah. course it was great <laughs> who doesn't love shania twain i thought the entrance and the exit were a little clumsy yeah because stuff doesn't work as well in those kind of temperatures <laughs> yeah. so that that little i don't know what that sled was and i sort of thought okay I think well, it might have been one of her kids sleds right i'm like let's just forget that happened hey eh? uh, but then didn't we all hold our breath as she went up and down the stairs for fear oh, she's yeah, a little slip, bit uh, so right? I, I actually said out loud oh don't biff it right now because wouldn't that be something else <laughs> and then that trap door exit yeah. it seemed to sort of have uh, yeah. gears to it or yeah. something I, I sort of thought, oh. Monkey's in the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's just one guy with a big wheel. Just I, text, I texted a... my dad, who at, uh, what, 73 years of age has always been a Shania fan. I'm like, are you watching Shania? And he's like, hell yes, and about 10 exclamation marks. I mean, I don't know where you find a, uh, a skin-tight, pink-sequined Unitard? Are you telling me you don't have one of those yeah, in your well, ensemble? Yeah, well, as really? I said, I did wear one of those outfits in Timmins years back. <laughs> See, it's funny because you said as we walked in and before we went on air, you're like, oh, I guess everybody's looking at the outfit. I didn't even notice the outfit. I, oh, come on, I couldn't take Andrew. my eyes off that horrific stage. How did they put that thing together? <laughs> and what was on those screens? I don't really understand. You can't just, just because you have it available to you doesn't mean you have to. That looked like a Lego set gone bad. But it always does. The Great Cup halftime show is never high-end. It, it it always looks like a, a grade-A theater production. Well, Come on, let's be real. That. I was in Winnipeg two years ago when the Eskimos won the Great Cup, and it was Fall Out Boy, I believe. They, were, they played on a stage that was set up in one end of the yes. end zone on a on a riser, basically. So, like, basically on top of the mm. stadium because that's right. Yeah. They can't get a stage 
actually physically into the stadium or no one thought of it. I, I don't know what it is. I think they could, but for some reason they just said, let's just stick him in the corner, which was kind of weird. Because I remember in the press box, I just looked to my left and I'm going, okay, well, I'm watching the halftime show. I just I should be looking oh, yeah. on the field, though. I but just anyway. always think production quality is, is less than. Who's playing the Super Bowl this year? I don't even know. Have they even uh, announced no, it No, yeah, year? Justin Timberlake. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He's invited back. Janet Jackson hasn't been invited back what? yet. Huh? What? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe Shania will be invited. Uh, I don't think that she will be invited back. She played the Super Bowl years yeah, back. Yeah, 2003. 2003. Yeah. So as a part of, a th- there was three of them. That's Her and right. two others. I can't remember who yeah, was. I can't remember. Uh, 218, let's take a break here. Let's talk about Jordan Eberle when we come back. a lot of songs out there about the media being nasty to people. <laughs> I spent some time looking at that today and huh. man, Jordan Eberle came out swinging on the weekend. Yeah, he did. Um, basically said that I lost my confidence because of the media. Yep. Quote, the Edmonton media can be pretty brutal and your confidence goes and this is a game you can't play if you don't have confidence. It's that simple. It's the Edmonton Oilers and everything around it. When you read articles every day about how much you suck, it's tough. You can't ignore them. It affects you and I lost my confidence. And the biggest thing for me since I got here with the Islanders is trying to get that back. Yep. And he's doing it in a market where the Islanders kind of blend in or are under the radar compared to, you know, you, you got NBA there, you got NFL, you got the Rangers, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and then you got the Islanders who, you know, they're not really all that sexy in that market. <laughs> you know, at the same, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm going, that's a pretty harsh comment towards the media, although the media were very harsh towards him. But, you know, he's entitled to that opinion, obviously. And I don't begrudge him for thinking that way. I also, on the other side, go... He couldn't handle this market. You know, now he came in with Taylor Hall and mm-hmm. you know, a year later Ryan Newton Hopkins and some other young young players as well. And they were they were labeled as really only one really good season for him. Yeah, right? exactly. At thirty four goals and you know, he's been a twenty Last goal year. scorer consistently, twenty to to twenty five for most of his career. But then the team, you know, starts to get better. They had mm-hmm. a really good year last year. And he did score twenty goals and get fifty one points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, is you look at his play in the playoffs, and I think that's the major criticism in, uh, of Jordan Eberle. He did not compete very well. He did not want to go to the hard areas like you have to go to in the playoffs, which is in that slot area in front of the net, drive the net. He was very passive, I think. He only got two assists, didn't score a goal. Um, and you look at... <laughs> so we've seen him have a 34-goal season. We've seen him be an all-star that year. We've seen him be consistent 20-25 goal scorer. But when the team gets better and you see a certain individual kind of lag behind, mm-hmm. people are going to notice that here in Edmonton. It's a fishbowl market, you know, which I think a lot of players go, it would be... It's exciting to play in a Canadian market. There are good good things and bad things, right? On the good side, it's hockey. It's, you know, people love it. You know, they're not... You know, they're not just under the radar like they are in other markets. And on the flip side is, yeah, you're, the the spotlight and the intention are, are on you. And you're in a market where people know hockey. People understand hockey. Andrew, what did you think when you when you read this? I have no problem with what Eberle wrote. I believe it to be absolutely true. And But I also don't 
I mean, he didn't seek out uh, press. He didn't seek out a reporter and say, I've got something I want to get off my chest. No. Uh, s- uh, somebody asked him the question, and he answered the question. So it, don't, it doesn't accomplish anything because it won't change anything. This is a really fierce market to yep. play hockey in because we are passionate about hockey. And when you say media, you have to remember there's media, social media. Oh, absolutely. There's online bloggers. Bloggers, yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of people with a whole lot of interest in hockey. Um, in Eberly's case, like I say, he was asked the question, he answered the question, so I have no problem with Eberly whatsoever. I miss Eberly on this team. Um, and, you know, the criticism, if you want to address that specific criticism that you just mentioned, Dave, that, yeah, he, he sort of flared out in the playoffs last year, but those were his first ever playoffs. Yeah. I would have preferred... He was a guy who helped us get to the playoffs. Yeah. And I would have... And I know it was a salary dump, uh, a salary cap, you know, made yep. some cap space dump. I would have preferred to have somebody who at least put the puck in the net from time to time this year. And it's hard to say if that's the reason we're in trouble, that you, you can't yeah. point He was traded thing. for Ryan Strom, right. who's off to a pretty slow start. Yeah, he's gotten he's, better lately. Yeah, but, four yeah. goals in the season. He's got six points in his last eight games. Yeah. He's got two goals. So, you know, he's... You know, he's you know, typical player who's trying to work his way into mm-hmm. a into a new system and into a new market. But and do you know what? This will come as a surprise to you, Dave, because you're a sports guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not a sports media guy. I'm a guy who likes sports. Yeah. And so, like most guys like me, how did I know Connor McDavid was a great player? Because you guys told me he was. Yeah. When he got drafted, and Reed lost his mind on live radio that that you know the the ball came up and we're getting Connor McDavid. I had never heard of Connor mm-hmm. McDavid. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, I was hoping all along we get. I didn't know that. Yeah. The only reason I knew Eberly and Hall were good players is because you the media told me they were right, and the organization told me they were. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers sold these guys as our future. The media on board and, and agreed, and they are great players, right? Yeah. But my thing is you build a guy up like that, then put him in a fishbowl on a team that can't succeed, that is definitely a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it is. And then, you know, because... But, but it's our, our job, sorry, but it's our job as 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 journalists or as sports writers, not us, in, but to to praise them when they're doing well and, you know, let's be let's be honest when when, when sure. they're not doing well and, and, and point it out. And yeah. I get the fact that it can be that it can be tough and it can be really tough taking criticism on a regular basis. We all know that. Right. But there's, there's got to be a way. Point, right, there's a difference between pointing out that a guy's not playing well and actually pointing the finger and saying he's the problem. Well, And that's what we do in Edmonton. Yeah. We pick a player you know, and you can think of half a dozen in the last five years where you know what? He's the oh, problem. Well, it was Taylor Hall a few years back, wasn't Justin it? Justin Schultz. It was, it was, there was always, there's yeah. always one been there. Oh yeah, I mean... Yeah, Yaka, Schultz, Yaka, yeah Yakupov was Yaka. another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even go back further. I mean, Tom Pody, I remember. That's right. You yeah. know, Jason Arnott. Sure. Uh, and that was before social media. That's right. right. That was fans well, and media. But and what, I think some of the bloggers too can be excessively oh, and, tough. And I will say this, and I might offend some bloggers here, and I think there's some good ones out yeah. there, but they have the license to be a little more harsher sure and honestly mean spirited yeah. than. Like I could, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny when people say, "Why won't you tell?" For example, "Why won't you tell Jason Moss he was stupid and an idiot for 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 uh, for going for a field goal instead of going for a touchdown?" Yeah. Well, here's the here's the honest truth about that. When you deal with an organization, deal with players and coaches on a daily basis yeah. during a season, you don't do that. There there's ways that you do it. 
and there's and but you can't just fall out and go what are you thinking that that, that was stupid <laughs> dave always great to chat with yep. you we need to break here for the 2:30 news hey alberta pete Dwayne, hold the line we'll get your phone calls right after this station we were talking before the break about Jordan Eberle and talking about uh, how he made comments to a reporter over the weekend saying that the Edmonton media can be pretty brutal and your confidence goes. This is a game you can't play if you don't have confidence that uh, he lost his confidence here in Edmonton and he's now been trying to build that back up uh, since he's been playing with the Islanders. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. If a hockey player is going to be affected by the musings of random bloggers, he should probably find a new gig. <laughs> and then this one says, I have no problem with whatever said he was honest that's how we felt I tell my kids to be honest uh, all the time honesty is a great virtue we as Oiler fans just want to hear that he misses it here and wants to come back that's kind of more the issue yeah, says I agree with Brad that. in Grand Prairie Alberta Pete's been holding the line hi Alberta Pete what do you want to say oh how many hours do we have <laughs> <laughs> hey listen kudos to Eberle like the last texter said at least he has the kuhanas to, you know, speak up and say the truth. Because, but I'd like to point out, I used to work for the media back in the days uh, covering the Oilers. And uh, I tell you, there's the huge difference is back then, the Oilers had total control over the media as to what they say. Notice if you go back, you don't see negative stuff about the players. Today, because of bloggers, because of the Internet, they can't really control it. So unless a player belongs to the clique on the team, they're going to be outed, you know? And that's the thing. Like, it's like, if you guys, you know, you guys are in the media, if you talk to somebody off the air and off the record, ask them about back in the 80s and the glory days, how many reporters lost their jobs because they dared to print something negative. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I've heard those stories. The, yep. Hey, I had to take the Oilers to court where one of them that still is there is committed perjury. You know, I mean, to get my credentials back because I wrote a negative story about Wayne and, oh, you can't do that. No, your credentials are terminated. So, hmm. you know, t- t- kudos to bloggers, everybody to keep everybody on their toes today. The only thing I'll say to that, though, and I agree with most of what you just said, the only thing I I would say to that, though, is that these bloggers and the media and the people, the sports media, those who believe that they understand completely how the game mm-hmm. is played and what they need to do, oftentimes what they're criticizing about the player is that the player is not living up to the billing that they gave them in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, you. you know what I mean? Like they say, well, this yeah, guy is yeah, going to solve yeah. all our problems. Then when he doesn't. Totally agree. Everybody thinks that they're right. But yeah. unless you've talked to the player one-on-one and found out what the issues are, you know, it's all just assumptions. Yep, for so, sure. But, yeah, no. It's, the the uh, only way, if a media guy comes out, a uh, social media or a blogger or, uh, you know, a legitimate whatever. I, don't, I shouldn't say legitimate, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, but, but if he comes out and says, this guy's going to solve all our problems, and then he doesn't, he either says, well, I was wrong about my assessment, or the guy's not living up to the potential. So it's exactly. easier to say he's not living up to the potential, because then I'm still right. You know what the problem with the Oilers is? And if you look around the league in the last 10 years, it's a lot of it, like these bloggers can pretty well give you stats for everything. But when a player or two gets big money on a team, Mm. you know, unless you're a Crosby or somebody, 
it's the guys making half a mil doing the same amount of work, there becomes a little, you know, ominosity type of thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, why the hell? I got two more points than him, and he's making $9 million more than me? What the heck's going on? I'm not playing. I'm not passing to him. And I find today's hockey, like, I tell you the truth. The last time I watched a full hockey game was the last time they went on strike. I said, you guys can go work at McDonald's if you don't like it, and that was it. I watched the occasional, you know, few minutes here, highlights, stuff like that. But they're, yeah, a lot of them are just spoiled little babies. Pete, <laughs> always great to hear from you. Thanks Have for the call. Thanks, Pete. Take it easy. Just a couple of texts. Uh, someone says, Everly will always be an oiler to me. He's a humble, great hockey player. I wear his oiler's jersey with pride. And this one says, don't forget the media is also very hard on the coaches, not just talking about Edmonton, but sports in general. That's mm-hmm. from Marfus. Um and this one, maybe I'm generalizing here, and I mean this with all due respect, but are the hockey players now the new snowflakes? We have to be so careful not to offend them, or they might end up and leave to another city where uh, it doesn't snow and hockey isn't as important. Bloggers or mainstream media all have different opinions. Are they now going to have to be more careful with their lines of questioning so as not to hurt anyone's feelings? That's from uh, Brandon and Red Deer. <laughs> oh, Interesting comments. Okay, a quick break here. When we come back, consumer expert Julie Matthews joins us. Have you been doing some online shopping today on this Cyber Monday. Some, uh, well, some advice that you need to know right after this. Uh, today is uh, Cyber Monday. Have you been doing any shopping online, Chedville? What have you bought? Let us know at 6.30, Uh So I know a lot of you are actually spending some time online today, maybe uh, getting that deal. But do you know how to protect yourself while doing it? Consumer expert, former Global News troubleshooter Julie Matthews joins us today. Julie, today you must be just, your head must be spinning with wanting to tell people so many things about what to remember <laughs> when they're online shopping. So, so many things to remember. And now with Black Friday starting almost a week before Mm -hmm. Black Friday and runs right into Cyber Monday and with so many people doing just more online shopping in general, it's so important to keep certain things in mind. Um, The biggest thing I would say is um, the word sale doesn't necessarily mean sale. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I guess like, come on, it says it's 40% off. Is it not 40% off? (laughs) Well, remember the Sears liquidation sale. Remember the media was reporting that the prices were actually higher after the liquidation at first. Um, The same thing happens with Cyber Monday and Black Friday. If you need to watch and do research on other sites to see what the original price was three days ago, a week ago, um, there's a really cool, and I just stumbled upon this, a really cool uh, historical pricing data tracker for Amazon. It's called Camel, 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 like camel (laughs) with a hump. Okay. And you can go on there and actually see historical pricing data for specific uh, products that you're looking for. And it will actually show you what the real sale price is and if what you're seeing on Best Buy or or any of these other sites, Amazon even, if it really is a good deal. Because I know, Andrew, you do your research, don't you? When you're, I do. Yeah, yeah, you spend the time, you, you take you take a, a good hunk of time and actually say, okay, what is the price? What is the real price? All I that do. sort of stuff. I yeah. do a lot of comparing. Uh, typically what I never do is... I, I delete immediately and uh, get rid of unsubscribe from any email that offers me a sale for a major uh, box store or anything like that. Um, but it, if it gets my attention, I'll go actually to their website and see if I can find that same product at that same price. And you often can't. And when you do finally find the product, like a Google Home I'm looking yeah. at right now, uh, then I will look at competitive pricing from 
all the stores to see what they're offering. So is right now, though, Julie, the time to be doing that? Because wouldn't all kind of the stores be maybe I'm looking at this camera that feeds the dog a treat at the same time. It's like a fur bot or something like that. And I, you know, I Googled it today and it's like all sorts of differences. Is, is it is now the time to be doing it? You're thinking that you're going to miss out on a sale otherwise, or should we wait a little bit and get away from these huge sale days? It really depends on the retail and it really depends on the product. I would say that electronics, you still will see some really good prices on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or around this time of year. But again, check, check the other websites. And the biggest thing is sort of what Andrew was saying. You shouldn't be shopping for a product by Googling it. You should be going to specific retailers and looking up that product. Hmm. Because when you Google it, you have to remember the scam websites, the ones that may look like they're offering a good deal, but then you're going to pay $80 in shipping or hidden fees on Mm -hmm. the back end. You know, if you Google the scammer websites, the ones that are uh, paying extra money just to try and hit you, they're the same ones that are putting pop-up ads on Instagram, on Facebook. These are the ones you really have to watch for. So you're better off picking a retailer you trust or like 10 of them Mm -hmm. and going there and searching for those products on those sites. But I don't want to spend the time. Uh, I just want the deal. <laughs> it's worth it because there's a couple of things, and I'm sure Julie would agree, but you're giving your credit card information to mm-hmm. whomever. So I would prefer to give it to a trusted vendor that I've worked with before that I know, even if it saves me or it costs me a few dollars rather to, to go directly with Amazon or Best mm-hmm. Buy or just you know people who I trust. But the other thing, too, is I look at reviews. Once I've found the price, um, then I look at reviews because oftentimes what you'll see is the item that's on sale that you think is a pretty good deal is their most basic model that doesn't do exactly what you okay. want it to do, right? So, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoy the research aspect of it. If you're going to buy online, I would suggest that you're missing the boat not to do your research. You, that's part of buying online. And the return policies are so great nowadays. Um, When you buy something online, you know, you can return it in store, return it online. And that Mm -hmm. is another great thing about this time of year, free shipping. Mm -hmm. You know, Cyber Monday, even sites that don't have sales, shipping is free. So if you know you want those sweaters for your daughter or those electronics and you're going to buy it anyway, save yourself the trip battling through South Edmonton Common or trying to find parking at Costco and search that out. But you're saying make sure that you know what those refund and return policies are because some places don't they don't have to post them it's one of the biggest complaints uh, consumer wise that you will see and that stores get is that a lot of consumers believe that it is up to the store to advertise put it on your receipt or post what their return or exchange policy is that is not the case it hmm. is actually up to the consumer to ask those questions now some stores will post it and a lot of stores will put it on their receipt which I think would be really nice mm-hmm. if that was required but it really is up to you and the biggest surprise always come from the stores that are gone after Christmas or the ones who only allow you to have store credit. So you might not want anything else from that store and now you're stuck. Yeah, store credit. No, I just want the money back. If it's something that I didn't want, I just want my money back in the account. That's probably the best one. Well, you know, while we're still on that, because you know I just went through this and um, the refund policy you would assume is if you don't want it, you're getting your money back. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just had that situation online ordering a hoodie of all things, a very simple purchase, uh, but realized after I got the uh, confirmation uh, email that it didn't say what I wanted it to say. So somewhere along the line, as I was clicking and going back on my browser, it changed it back to the default whatever. So I just, oh, okay, well, you know, so I wrote them saying, hey, how do I change this to this? And got an email back saying, you can't. (laughs) So you can cancel the order and we can refund you and you can put in a new order. 
well, okay, this all happened within the last 10 minutes. Yes. So I put in, I canceled the order, put in the new order. Well, I had paid through PayPal to be secure. So now it's two weeks total for that money to be released by them, back to PayPal, held for 10 days, then deposited to my account four days later. This was all a mistake I made in two or three minutes yeah. of clicking. And a couple hundred dollars now A couple hundred up dollars somewhere. tied up, yeah. You got to remember that stuff, eh? Like, and it was right there on their website. I, I don't blame them. It right there on their website. When you get to that final page and they say review your order, are you sure? And below it was their refund yeah, policy. Yeah, I'm guessing passwords, all that sort of stuff, that basic thing that we all pretend that we we pay attention to, and <laughs> some of us don't at all. But I'm guessing that the the password thing is is another big one. Yeah, I mean this time of year, if you are going to be doing lots of shopping online, uh, make sure all your um, software antivirus software is up to date because pop-ups, let's face it, they do happen, yep. especially when we're searching or maybe a family member of ours mm -hmm. is searching and isn't as savvy. Um, make sure if you have more than one credit card, if you have a credit card with a lower limit, use that one online. They're just less susceptible if you do get targeted. Um, passwords for sure. Um, don't enter credit card information while shopping on unsecured Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I don't recommend being sitting at Starbucks and then entering all your yeah. credit card information onto a website wait oh, until you're no. somewhere secured, right? <laughs> That's how that happens. Can we talk about invoices? Yeah, because I was going to sure. throw that one out. Yeah. yeah, these happen every year, too, where you're buying so much and maybe you've lost track a little bit of who all you were buying from and you start getting invoices. They pop up this time of year, don't they? They really do. Um, emails especially, but you will get them by text occasionally. And the scammers, remember, they love Cyber Monday and Black Friday oh, yeah. and, all, and this whole time of year because they know we're really busy and we're more likely to click on something without checking it. So businesses are going to get these saying that you have an unpaid invoice or something that needs to be paid. And they sometimes will keep the amounts quite low mm -hmm. so that it, you know no one's going to really worry about it. No one's going to run it by the boss. We saw what happened to McEwen um, yeah. with invoices and and um, that was obviously a much more uh, high level one but we see this this time of year especially with um, uh, scammers stealing like uh, uh, not PayPal sometimes too but uh, FedEx, UPS yeah. Canada Post they want you to click on that link they tell you they have a parcel for you you probably do have a parcel yep. coming sure I've almost fallen for that one myself Me as well. yep. um, that is a really really uh, tricky one this time of year and um, yeah Netflix uh, iTunes, they're all at it. They're stealing every logo they can find, trying to get you to click on this information, verify, sign up. Please do not fall for these things. Is this a common one? Because I just got it uh, over the weekend. And as you say, I, I was all ready to do it. Um, my jerseys or my hoodies are finally uh, coming, but they're held in Montreal by customs. I got an invoice for um, customs clearance. So I am expecting a shipment that is coming from the United States and will clear customs. So it was the amount of the tariff that I sort of thought, oh, that seems a little high. Hmm. And then realized, no, it's a scam email. That has nothing to do with those. But it, as you say, coincidentally, I am expecting something from the States. But I would have given them my credit card number. In fact, I'll go so far as to say I'd already started putting it in, I typed it in oh. and hadn't hit send yet. They're playing the timing game, right? They send this to enough people. We're all, like you say, expecting a parcel. Um, same thing happened to me. I was expecting something from the United States. It wasn't unusual, and I probably would have paid it. And 
And how do you know? You have to go and look at the sender. It was you the need... email address that yes, got me. The exactly. email address made no sense. As I pointed to it, it's one of those uh, Canada Customs at SJTR. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, that's not that's a government not right. address at all. No. And that's usually a big giveaway. Um, love this. There's lots of uh, great advice out there. Um, Julie always has great advice once a month when she comes in. This one, too, which I haven't done yet, but I think a lot of people have told us about it, is uh, signing up for transaction monitoring alerts when anything goes through on your credit card that you get a notification that says, hey, something has just happened. I think that's a brilliant idea. I'm not sure I know how to do it yet, but I'm going to do it. It is a great idea. A lot of banks are starting to offer that now. You can get the same thing on your credit report with Equifax and TransUnion. I mean, we should be checking our bank statements and everything so carefully this time of year, but let's face it, we're all busy, Mm -hmm. and when are we going to look at it long after in the new year when it might be too late to catch some of these things? Again, so passwords important. Don't fall for the invoice scams. (laughs) Don't believe everything's a deal. Don't believe everything is a great sale. Julie Matthews, always uh, lots of food for thought. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Julie Matthews for joining us in studio. She does once a month with some consumer tips. Some of your texts I'd asked, uh, what did you buy on uh, Cyber Monday? Listen to this. A trip to Cook Islands. $660 round trip. It was crazy good. Wow, nice. That's a nice deal. That's a nice deal. Um, And then some people giving some advice on uh, picking things up internationally, avoiding the custom broker fees by picking your parcel up at the international airport. Have you ever done that? Uh, No, I've not done that. I think Uh, a lot of us just like to have it delivered nice and easy to our home. I pick uh, Pure Later or UPS, and they they clear it. And if there's outstanding... I have accounts with them both, but if there's outstanding money, they collect it at the door. Uh, We didn't mention, but should quickly as well, just for the month of December, if you're going to be doing a lot of online, uh, the two-factor authentication is a really good idea. You can turn it on. um, You can turn it back off again in January when things quiet down. But uh, basically, if a charge goes through, the second authentication may be a text to your phone, or it could be an email, however you want to set it up. But it just means if somebody gets your password, that you'll be notified on your device that there's a purchase going through. You just have to say, yes, that's true. Uh, Two-factor authentication will save you a lot of grief. I know. I think a lot of us think, oh, no, it's just another step we don't do. It's going to take more time, Mm -hmm. so you don't do it. But uh, it'll eliminate some hassle down the road. Uh, Still to come on the show today, uh, The Hoot with uh, Todd Hirsch. She'll join us at 3.30. Thanks for making me do that by myself. Sorry. And uh, we have tickets to give away, Diana Krall tickets to give away. All that much more still to come on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.